Turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And I'm going to speak about uh, living creatively. Living creatively. We'll be reading from the uh, Message Bible. And beginning at chapter 6, verse 1, live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might need, you might be needing forgiveness for that for the day, excuse me. You might need forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens, and so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Make a cheerful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can be with your own life. Be very sure now, you who have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity, that you enter into generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all the good things that you have and experience. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. And he'll have to show for his life as weeds. But the one who plants in response to God letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, sharing with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Whenever I speak about living creatively, um, it, it is a very difficult task. Being creative is not that easy. <laughs> most of the, we think sometimes that we are creative, but most of the time we're not. We are confined within a box. And I, I did this little, I know I've done this illustration before, but maybe you've seen it before. But connect all the lines with four, connect all the dots with four lines. And, you know, immediately our perception goes to, let's see now, one, two, three, four. Well, I didn't connect all the lines. One, two, three, four. Didn't connect all the dots. And so we look at this, and our perception is that we've got to connect the dots within a square because that's what's before us. And in our lives, we say, okay, let's change. All right, what are you going to change? What do I need to change? Often it's we wait until there's conflict or something goes wrong or, you know, that we have to change. And then we're forced to see things differently. But you can connect all the lines. Anybody remember? You know, you just have to go outside the box. <laughs> and they all connect. And it's easy, once we see it, oh! And in our life, there are so many things that we look that cause us to respond the same old way. And the scripture is telling us, live creatively. Live creatively. So how do we become creative with our thinking? How do we become creative? 
Well, that's why we look at the scriptures. We look at what the Bible and the scriptures and the word of God has to say to us that challenge some of the things that we're doing. I, I came across this um, writing about creativity. It says, think about it. Think about God's creation, God's accuracy. Observe the hatching of eggs. For example, the egg of a potato bug hatches in seven days. Those of a canary in 14 days. Those of a barnyard hen in 21 days. The eggs of duck and geese hatch in 28 days. Those of the mallard in 35 days. The egg of a parrot and the ostrich hatch in 42 days. What's the difference? They are all divisible by seven, the number of days in a week. God's wisdom is seen in the making of an elephant. The four legs of this great beast are all bent forward in the same direction. No other um, quadru... whatever. What is it? Quadruped. I have it written here. I just couldn't pronounce it. No other quadruped is so made. He gave it four fulcrums so that it can rise from the ground easily. Did you know a horse rises from the ground on its two front legs? A cow rises from the ground with its two hind legs first? How wise the Lord is. God's wisdom is revealed in his arrangement of sections and segments, as well as the number of grains. Each watermelon has an even number of stripes on the rind. Anybody ever stop to consider that? See, and the idea, and I'll go on with this, the idea of living creatively is, here we are, we've all eaten watermelon, but did they ever stop and look at, we've noticed the, the, the lines, but we never stopped to consider the lines. We never stopped to look at it. See, and sometimes whenever creativity is that we have to look at something and see it for what it is, but there's more to it than what we see. There's more to our relationship with God than just what we've always done. There's more to our relationship with people than we've always done. There's more to who we are as an individual than we think there is. Each orange has an even number of segments. Each ear of corn has an even number of rows. Each stalk of wheat has an even number of grain. Every bunch of bananas has its, has its lowest row an even number of bananas, and each row decreases by one so that the one has an even number and the next row has an odd number. The waves of the sea. I never knew this one. I've been to the ocean a number of times but never realized that. The sea rolls in on the shore 26 times to the minute in all kinds of weather. I always thought in a hurricane they came in more often, but they said 26 all grains are found in even numbers on stocks. And whenever the Lord says in the scriptures, talks to us, that God is going to multiply what he gives to you, some 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, they're all even numbers. You see, some people criticize the scripture and say, well, the scriptures are out of date, but there's nothing ever found that really contradicts nature, and life. The Lord sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Back when that was written, the earth was flat and carried through space on you know, somebody's shoulders. <laughs> but Job says, no, God sits on the circle of the earth. So all those things are in place. God has caused the flowers to blossom at certain specific times during the day. Lunas, 
the great, botanist, bi, the great botanist once said that if he had a conservatory containing the right kind of soil, moisture, and temperature, he could tell the time of day or night by the flowers that were open and those that were closed. The lives of each of us is ordered by the Lord in a beautiful way for his glory. If we entrust him with our life, if you try to regulate your own life, it will only be a mess and a failure. Only the one who made the brain and the heart can successively guide to a profitable end. Creativity. Creativity in our life. It should not be the abnormal, it should be the normal. Because I think of it in the context that God who has created us, the God who spoke the universe into existence, the God who makes, you know, no two blades of grass are the same, no two snowflakes are the same, no two leaves are the same. The God who has this creativity is the same God who lives within our heart. We're the ones who look at our life and we see the, the box and we start putting things within the confines of our boxes in, the, in the, the way that we have handled things before, we continue to handle them again. And the way we do things, well, we get this pattern, well, it's worked before, why, why fix it? But God has a way of wanting to move and to grow in our lives. There's always more that we can become. There's always growth that needs to take place in our life. And it is, it is in the, the change that we, we are forced to look at things differently. The Psalms talk about letting God expand your boundaries. Letting God expand your boundaries because the boundaries are we like to live. We don't like to live on the edge. <laughs> we like to live somewhere in the middle because it's at the edge that we're forced to think something might really change. But when God knocks out the wall, he for we're forced to look at things differently. We're forced to see a bigger picture. We're forced to realize that life isn't the way that we've, we've uh, looked at it, and God wants to do more in our lives. So living creatively, it says here in the first verse of our scripture, live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgive and restore him. Creativity is not judgmental. Creativity is not judgmental. Creativity is about understanding that there are laws of the universe. You know, if you want to be creative and jump off of a building that's 20 stories high, you're not going to defy the law of gravity. <laughs> so that's not being critical, that's being stupid. <laughs> I don't have to pass judgment on that. Creativity always, that, you know, gravity already has done that. So, but if we look at things, our first instinct is that sometimes, I don't want to say our first instinct, sometimes our instinct goes to the idea of being judgmental. Well, let's not be judgmental. Let's forgive, restore. Save your critical judgment. Save your critical judgment. Save those things for yourself. Because forgiveness is the only way we can deal with other people's sins. Forgiveness is the only way we can deal with our own. God doesn't want us to sit in judgment of our own lives. He, we are to allow God's word to sit in judgment of who we are so that we will continue to become what God wants us to be. 
We are to be forgiven individuals who are living for God and wanting other people to experience this. We want other people to understand what forgiveness is. And forgiveness isn't being judgment, judgmental. Forgiveness is being restorative. That we want to restore people to the relationship that God wants them to have. God wants us to be restored to the relationship and to the person he wanted us to be, the person he created us to be. So we, what did God intend for me, you, and I to be if we didn't have any faults or failures? What type of a person would we be if we didn't have faults and failures? Well, we certainly, I would be much better off than what I am now, you know, but I have very few faults. I don't, can't find very many of them. <laughs> That's a joke. You're allowed to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I have lots of faults. I have lots of failures. But the idea is that I must sit in an understanding and create, and when we look at this scripture, have a careful, verse 4, have a careful or exploration of who you are. Have a careful exploration of who you are. You know what that means? What is an explorer? An explorer is an individual who is going someplace that he's never been before. Exploration. Let's go explore the depths of the sea. I'll tell you what, let's go explore Winber. What do you mean explore Winber? I've already been here. It's not much of an exploration, is it? But let's go explore China, Beijing. Let's go explore Jerusalem. Let's go, exploration is exploring someplace that we haven't been. In our lives, the scripture is telling us, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. <laughs> Let's look at who you are, not from a critical eye of what is wrong. God doesn't sit in judgment. He sits as a savior to separate us from our sins, our faults, our failures, our mistakes, the things that we've done to hurt others and hurt ourselves. God wants to forgive us. We want to find forgiveness so that we can Carefully explore who we are. So careful exploration of who we are is allowing the word of God to search out the things in our life that we need to change. You know, and we would say, well, I'm perfectly good the way I am because I've lived to this point and I'm sure that I can live until the day I die. And they're right, that's true. You can live until the day you die. Most of us will live until the day we die. Okay, that's another little thing there, joke, there, whatever. So, uh, so verse 1 says, live creatively. Verse 4 says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given. And then sink yourself into that. It's not sitting in judgment, critical of, oh, look how bad this was, look how bad that was, look at... No, no. Look at what I've done. I always I do this uh, um, what and how. Not why and when. Why and when is an argument. What and how is an assessment. I've told you this many times, but do it again. What and how. What did I do and how did I do it? So if I want to look at my life, make a careful exploration. 
make a careful exploration. Look, and what is, see, who, what are we using for the judge? What are we using for the yardstick, the measurement? The measurement of our life is measured against the word of God, measured against what God expects of us. He expects of us to love, to forgive, to bind up, heal the brokenhearted, to be forgiving, Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, long-suffering is to be our character. And that we can't do this on our own. If we think we're going to change ourselves to become this, we're wrong. We need God and we need his spirit to help us become that. And so God comes into our life not to tell us how wrong we are, but to show us how great and how good we can become. And how that all of the things that we've been doing can be done even to a greater benefit to ourselves and to others because God is in our life. The most creative people in the world should be Christians because God abides within our heart. And God sees, if we look at our life, we look at it in the context of who we are, where we are right now. Some of the things of where we've been, we have projections of what we could become. God sees our life while before we were yet in our mother's womb, he knew us. While we were yet in our mother's womb, he formed us. God knows what's going to happen in the future, eternity. He knows all about us from before conception until eternity. God knows all of that. So when God looks at the picture, he doesn't see this microcosm of time. He sees it a total life. And then his spirit speaks to our hearts and our lives and wants to bring us to maturity before we die, before we return to heaven, before we go to heaven. So what does this maturing process look like? It looks like God seeing us and we allowing God to partner with us to look at his word and allow his word to become so real to us We run to the altar. We run to that place where God is. We run to the place where God wants to do a work in us. So make a careful exploration of who you are, the work you have been given. Then sink yourself into it. (laughs) Make it careful. You see, this is not a comparison. This isn't me against the world. It's me and where I was yesterday, what direction I am headed today, and what does my future hold for me? I am comparing, if there is a comparison, I'm looking at who I was, but the comparison really is I want to look at Christ. I want to look at Jesus, and I want to look at his pattern and his ways. And God isn't standing there in condemnation. You should, you better, measure up, get going, you know, that kind of, he is there leading us, He is the shepherd that leads his sheep. We follow him. We follow Christ. And that we follow his pattern and his path. Jesus never sat in judgment. You know, the only people he ever spoke negatively of were the ones who were so religious that they couldn't see anything or hear anything that he had to say. And he he spoke of them as being blind because they were already perfect in their own minds. Hmm. Whenever we, 
Whenever we are judgmental, I'm going to use the board again, whenever we are judgmental of our lives, we generally have uh, two responses. One is that we are very, very negative or very um, reactionary. That when someone says, you know, David, you need to change, well, <laughs> I, I, you, you either say, oh my gosh, my faults have come to the surface. We blame, we shame, uh, we, we digress, and eventually we come around to being the same old self. You know, we shame, we blame, we digress, and we go back to being who we are. You know, or we, we, we attack, <laughs> we attack, we justify, we say we're good enough, and we go back to doing the same thing we always did. It's the sameness. God doesn't, God inspires us to look at what we can become. You know, if what we're doing isn't working, how do we know it's not working? Generally by the results. Sometimes it's results, or sometimes we just haven't gotten to the place that it will work. You know, I remember one of my few, few uh, speeches about change is that whenever we come to the wall, it's like, I can't get to that road over there until I hit that wall. I can't change now. I can't change to the right or to the left until I come to the T in the road. And in our life, sometimes we have to, we look at life and we know we have to change. We know that things have to be different, but I can't change until I reach that wall. And sometimes we look at life as when we run into a wall, it's like, why, God, did you bring me here? Because you need to go left or right. That's why. <laughs> and in our life, shame, blame, we look at life and we look at changes. God isn't in the get up and move. He's in the we are led by his spirit and his word. Explore who we are. Don't be impressed with yourself, the scripture says. Don't compare yourself with others. We need to look at Christ. We need to look at his example of who he is, and he will inspire us in our walk with him. Take responsibility for doing the creative best. Hmm. Take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. When we sit in judgment, we don't look at us. We look at the faults of others. God doesn't sit in judgment. God is there to lead and guide us. It is the presence of God that makes us aware of our shortcomings. Okay? Not that we would be pushed back, but that we would be drawn to. God's presence is one that draws us in. He leads us. And as we become close to God, we become closer to God, we see the things that need to be let go of in our own life. And these things that we let go of are things that are hindering our personal spiritual development when our spiritual development is very much a part of our everyday life. Our ability to love and forgive and to give and to, to care for people and to do our best for people. It is God through us touching them. So we live creatively. We do our creative best. And verse 6 talks about you, you can read this, but it talks about how that you have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity. And the idea is 
we are here because we have been, we, everything we have, we've built on the shoulders of someone else. Everything that we have, the church, this church, this building, all began with someone else. Somebody else's ministry, somebody, some other people that have long gone. So we're here on the shoulders of other people. And what we build, we build on their shoulders. Who we are as an individual, we've learned and we've come to understand and we've built ourselves on the shoulders of other people. And it is not, so the idea doesn't come back to how great I am, look at what I've done. It's that we are thankful for those who have brought us here. We never forget people who have brought us to this point. That's what verse 6 is about. Verse 7 and 8 says, don't be misled. (laughs) Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. What goes around comes around. Do you remember the the movie? I didn't look it up. (laughs) I was going to have Jose put this up, but I didn't. Probably there's some restrictions. But Secondhand Lion, know the movie? You ever seen the movie Secondhand Lion? Well, in the story, the guys, they buy these seeds from uh, traveling salesmen, and they have a garden. And there's cabbage and there's lettuce and there's all these things. They got all the seed packages right in each row. And as it's growing, they start looking around. And and the little kid says, well, of all these rows are different seeds. How come everything looks the same? And the guy says, oh, I think they they were all the same seeds when we planted them, even though they were in different packages, and there was all rows of corn. (laughs) The guy had sold him different packages, saying the wrapping said lettuce and carrots and potatoes and all these things, but inside was the same seed. In our lives, we are are with Christ, and we, we are who we are. You know, you can't change we will plant and reproduce who we are. It's important that we allow Christ to do a work in our hearts and lives. And then, so whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He will harvest what he plants. All and all, all he'll have to show for his life, the person who just, who, who see, sows his seeds to ignoring the needs of others and ignoring God, he's just going to have a harvest of weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit to do the growth work in him. I can't force myself to grow, but as I allow myself to be in God's presence, reading his word and praying, I'm allowing the spirit to grow me, to grow who I am. And this person will touch the lives of others in a very positive way. Verse 9 and 10. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued in doing good. Don't become weary in well-doing. Don't wear out doing good. Do good. Continue to do good. And no matter how tired you get in the 24 hours of Relay for Life... (laughs) No matter how tired we get in doing good for others, don't become weary in well-doing. It has a positive effect, an outcome, because that God is with us. And so in verse, verse 1, live creatively. Things are not what you judge them to be. Verse 4 and 5, carefully explore who you are. 
not judgmentally, but forgivingly. Verse 6, learn, grow, give back. Verse 7, plant seeds. You will reproduce who you are. Plant seeds of love and forgiveness and growth. Verse 9 and 10, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up. We will reap a harvest. Don't quit. God has a way of bringing about sowing and reaping. You know, God has a way of bringing about the harvest of the crop. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all. Starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. This is not something that is easy. Let's start with people. Who can we practice on? Point to the people there. <laughs> I'm going to practice on you. <laughs> I'm going to practice doing good for you. And if I do it wrong, help me out here because we're all just beginning to understand that I have to do good and sometimes I don't do it right. You know, I planted seeds in, uh, in, my gar in our flower bed, and you'll see, when you come on Saturday, you see some of the seeds have planted. They've done very well. But we bought these seeds in um, Canada last year, and, you know, we had to bring them across, pay, you know, pay special attention to them. I planted them, and none of them have grown. <laughs> Not one of them have grown. And I don't know why. <laughs> but some have, seeds have really grown and produced well, and some of them just, I go and I look and there's nothing there. In our lives, whenever we sow God's goodness and God's love, it can never be erased. It can never be undone. It will last for an eternity. And people will remember what you have done when God's spirit is attached to it. They may not respond to it, but they will never be able to forget it because there's an eternal perspective that is, there's an eternal quality that is in the seed that makes a difference in people's lives. And so we continue to sow the seed of God's love and God's goodness. And as we look at our own lives, it's not in judgment, it's in how that God can make a difference in who we are. Shall we stand? <laughs> Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you create in us a right spirit. Create, renew, a, renew our hearts, O oh God, and renew our spirits, and let us not become weary in doing the good things. And Lord, let us look at our life in ways that we can change and grow in our relationships with others and our relationship and on ourselves. Help us, God, to see your hand upon us. For Lord, you have a future. Your future is to bless us. Your future, O oh God, is to bring about your goodness in our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, to sense your Spirit's touch, your seed growing in us, as we look at new ways to do old things, that we might produce a harvest in us and in others that is eternal. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing. 
We ask, O God, your blessing upon your word in our hearts and minds. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And Saturday is slip and slide, 3 o'clock. I want you all there.